Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about self-care, Dave. What are you trying to tell me? You need to take better care of yourself. I keep trying to grow hair, but it goes <laughs> the, it's always in the wrong place. I bought the tonic in that in that little covered wagon that they had out back behind the circus. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, the one that's a stain remover, hair grower, carpet cleaner. Engine oil. <laughs> right. The, the guy in the white suit from uh, the outlaw Josie Wales was selling. Right. Exactly. He's also got the watches on the inside of his jacket. No, but let me, it's such a, it's a buzzword these days. And I kind of teed it up in a, in a delicate fashion. Yeah. Cause you um, are a delicate. I am person. a delicate flower. Um, but it's one of those things that if we're not, and I don't mean going, I, whatever, if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not perform our body isn't and our mind isn't at where it could be, we're not able to make quick judgments. We're not able to keep our cool and respond in a emotionally intelligent manner in a emotionally charged situation. So, I mean, it's important. No, I absolutely agree. You know, we're talking about persuasion here, obviously. And one, we need to be sharp. We need, we need to be able to listen. We need mm-hmm. to be on our best game. And candidly, you know, we're judgmental as people. And we're, yeah, right. <laughs> Don't spit up all over yourself, especially your computer. <laughs> not go well. And, you know, we need judgment. You know, we there's a big thing about, and I want to go down this rabbit hole of, of don't judge, don't judge. No, we need to judge. There's, there's an appropriate time for it, and there's inappropriate times, but we do judge, and many people are, are employee or employees, sorry, or even if we're persuading up our bosses or our customers, whomever we're interacting with. Let's be candid. When you see somebody who's in good shape, you know, physically healthy, and they say something, it carries more weight. And I don't mean that in a bad way, weight, you know, it carries more validity. Well, and also, when you see somebody who's confident, who's calm, who seems well-rested, you know, I mean, this this goes to the long-term self-care and making sure you're taking care of your health, but it also takes into account the short-term as well. Yeah, I, I can't, you know... Um, I did a lot of traveling uh, last month and this month uh, and time zones kicked my tail. They normally don't, but they did. And mm-hmm. I, it, it was at, co- uh, you know, on top of late night hockey games. Um, and, you know, so it's going a couple times on, you know, four hours sleep. And folks, in case you're not sure, I know you can't tell from the picture, but I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> And those days of college of getting four hours sleep for two or three weeks in a row and then, you know, making it up for a long nappy that starts Friday night and ends Sunday evening. <laughs> those are in my rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get cranky. I get hangry. I get all these things. And, and that makes it a challenge. Right. And, so what, and it's good. 
Well, I was going to ask you, so what is what is your self-care routine? How do you, because you always look marvelous, I have to tell you. Oh, go on. Okay. <laughs> I put the thing on the Zoom that says, touch up your appearance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I travel a lot too, and I, I completely understand what you're saying. And I know a few things about myself. Um, I know that if I don't get a good night's sleep, I am not going to be at my best. You know, and I get about an hour in a keynote to prove my best. I don't work with people on the long term. So I can't have a bad day because they're paying for an hour. Um, and so I know that I have friends, you know, from all the crazy jobs that I've had, I've got friends all over the country. And oftentimes I am going into a um, into a city where I know somebody and I want to call them and let's go out and have dinner. But I know that if I go out, I'm not going to be at my best the next day. You know, and and as much as I'd love to go out and play, I know I need to prep my mindset, get a good night's sleep, and not go out boozing on the town so that I can show up for the person who's paying my check. Well, absolutely, and I, and I'm not even talking about boozing on the town because right, exactly. I mean, that's I so, just meant one wine spritzer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's so far in my rearview mirror at this point in my life. It's it, frankly, I I would just fall asleep and then stay asleep. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it's sleeping, but, but, you know, for us, especially for me, especially, I won't speak for you because you have good genetics. Um, But I have to, I, I have to, I'm 61. I've mentioned this before and the metabolism just isn't what it was Mm. at 16, right? Reverse those numbers where I could eat five meals at a sitting and, and, and still lose weight or or not put on weight because you, you know, you just got a furnace at that age. And so I've had to adopt a, a, a I hate to I hate the term self care routine, but I just a routine mm-hmm. that that employs that that wow so and apparently it's not working very well because I can't even think right now that fat in my brain right but <laughs> that that enables me to be at my best more times than not. This just happens to be a not. Um, so what is it you do? on a regular basis? I don't mean just when you go out, when you travel. What, what's well, your name? You know, I, I have found, and I've never been a routine person, but I've found lately, especially being self-employed where nobody's got, you know, nobody's telling me what to do, uh, that a morning routine really gets me into the day. Like it sets the day up for productivity and for success. So it starts with, I go out and I move, whether I go to the gym or I go for a run or I go for a hike, whatever. I come back, I shower, I meditate. I'll be drinking water this whole time. I journal, I do a little bit of you know professional development reading. Usually I'll set the timer for 10 or 15 minutes. And then once I'm done with that, then I'll turn on the computer, then I get to my to-do list. But if I start the day with those things, it sets my mindset up, it sets my body up, it sets that's everything up for a good day where I can not spend the day procrastinating like I did today. Yeah, I was going to procrastinate, but I didn't get around to it. <laughs> oh, I got right into it. I was super productive with my procrastination. Well, it's interesting you bring that together because I love I love what you said. You think about when you go, okay, I'm going to do my workout at the end of the day. I'm going to do my self-care, my meditation, my journaling, my, you know, professional development, reading, listening, you know, which is fine. I don't care whether you read or, or, or listen to audiobooks, right? Just yep. some sort of mental stimulation that's in your field. And then 
what happens is somebody throws a hand grenade into that plan and that's the stuff that gets pushed out by doing it first thing there's that sense of accomplishment wow i've already got this stuff done and you're healthier right you're physically you're like well okay i, I got my 30 minutes of aerobics or or my whatever you're doing i don't really care if it's a a, a, a non-strenuous yoga routine right you get your body moving you got your brain moving, you got oxygenation going on to, to everything, which is what, what we need. And success builds success. Now you feel good about that. Your energy's in a better place. And now you pick up the phone to make those phone calls. If you're doing sales or you have that meeting with your team, which is also a different form of sales, as we know, right? Or you start troubleshooting a problem and your brain is that much sharper because it's oxygenated. It's, it's a fantastic way to start the day. Right. And if you're like me and you're not crazy about the workouts, I mean, I don't mind them when I'm in them, but getting there is tough for me. If I have that hanging over my head all day, I dread the end of the day where I'm like, oh, I got to go do that. And I never end up doing it anyway. <laughs> but it's like hanging over my head. Whereas when I get all that stuff done, I'm like, bam, all right. Now I work till six and then I'm good. Right. Or you finish early with no guilt. Hallelujah. Yeah. Three o'clock, you're like, you know what? I was really productive today. I got everything off my plate from a business perspective. And I got my workout in and I got my meditation in. And I, I, I listened to a chapter, read a chapter in a book or listened to a chapter in a book. Wow. Guess what? Me time. Yeah. Although that was me time too. Right. But now it's like, what do I want to do that's fun and enjoyable? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and one of the other things I've done on the other end of the day is that I, I will stop. I'll try. I mean, if I'm in control of my schedule at the end of the day, if I'm going out to dinner with friends, this doesn't happen. But when I'm under my own, <laughs> under my own control of my schedule, I'll try to stop eating and drinking. I drink my gallon of water before 6 p.m. And I'll try to have dinner at six because then by the time I go to sleep, my food's digested, the water's worked its way through, and my body can rest completely. And I sleep so much better. And I also read for the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes before I go to actual sleep without going on the screens. Yeah, I I, I agree with everything you said. And in 15 or 20 years, it's not going to work through your system by then. At least I'm going to part. Well, trust me. Well, and you bring up an interesting point. And you said this earlier that what worked at 16 doesn't work now. And what worked at 50, which is where I am, maybe your bladder is a little smaller now. But, you know, you really need to think about and reassess these things periodically to say, okay, that worked before, but it seems to not be working anymore. How can I readjust this to get me where I need to go? Yeah. And I think the key takeaway, folks, here is if you're not at your best, then none of your team None of your stakeholders, nobody you're going to deal with is going to be at their best, right? Well, and the way I like to think about it, and I talk about this a lot during emotional intelligence training and during um, training on difficult conversations, you know, it requires a lot of um, self-restraint and self-control. And if you've ever felt hangry, you ever feel hangry, Dave? Oh, God, yeah. You know that feeling where you just can't control your emotions because you're just, you know, and sometimes it's because of hunger. Sometimes it's because you're tired. Sometimes it's because you're sick. Sometimes it's because you're sick and tired. 
Sometimes you're, the sometimes you're sick and tired of being hungry and tired. right because you're on a diet. But and and this is what you think about. Think about a time that you've dieted. Okay. Think about in the morning, you get up, you have your egg white omelet with, you know, just a little sprinkle of Parmesan cheese and you're, you know, you go off and have your nice, and then you have your salad for lunch and then you get home and order a whole dozen cheesy breads and a pizza and a pint of ice cream and you eat the whole thing. Like your, your, your emotional energy is depleted throughout the day and you're not able to make those difficult decisions, the discipline, all, the managing our emotions as well when we're out of that emotional energy. So part of what self-care does is help you to have a buffer of emotional energy so that when your team comes to you with a question at 4.45 in the afternoon when you're trying to run out the door, you don't bite their heads off and run out screaming. Because you're, you're able to say, hey, I know this is super important. Let's sit down and talk about this because I know we got to get this done, even though it's the last thing on the planet you want to do. Oh, I thought when you weren't biting people's heads off, it was because you weren't hungry. If you were hungry, <laughs> you'd have bit their heads off and chewed on them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another option that where you used to work. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. I know one of the tricks that I use, so I'm similar to you. I get my stuff done in the morning where it doesn't get done. And I, I become a morning person. People a lot of times think, oh, he's a military guy. He's a morning person. I actually didn't become a morning person until relatively recently. Um, Even yeah. not in the military? Well, yeah. So it's funny. When I was, when I was flying out of Miramar, um, I lived 30 minutes, 10 minutes from the base, but 30 minutes from the office because you still had to get on the base and drive to the squadron. Okay. And we had to be at the squadron at 7.30. That was 0730 is when the day started. That meant my day went, get up at 0630, jump in a shower, get dressed. That's a 30-minute evolution. Get in a car, be walking into the squadron spaces exactly at 7.30 without a cup of coffee in my body yet. I used to tell my my practice wife, I said, yeah, I, I get up, I'm Cro-Magnon, I shower, I'm Neanderthal, and then I have that cup of coffee and I become homo sapien. Um and so, I mean, an hour and a half of evolution, bam, bam, bam. Thank well, you. An hour, but yeah, you know. Um, and so, no, I didn't consider myself a morning person. And then when you're at sea, you live at the office. And mm -hmm. so unless you had the first flight of the day, there was no reason to wake up early because you're at the office 24 seven. It's not like you had to call a supplier who was only open from eight to five in East coast or anything like that. Right. So no commute. <laughs> right. So you got up when you got up, you know, in time for your first flight. And then once you were up, you dealt with your stuff. And the end of the day was at the end of the last flight. Then there was a, there was a squadron wide movie. Everyone would gather together and you'd show a movie. And it was a whole routine around that. And frankly, my routine was after that is that's when officer hours were at the gym because there is a gym on carriers. And, and so it was midnight, was officer hours, midnight and noon. And so at midnight, I'd be doing my workout, which wow. meant, yeah, you don't go to sleep till like two in the morning after that. So right. I'm not getting up at 0600, you know. So, so no, I wasn't really a morning person until uh, I'd say the last 10 years or so. And um, when, because uh, I started calling the East Coast. And so I had to, I wanted to be at my desk by six. And so I became a morning person. My routine, though, is because if if I stop to have coffee, then everything gets thrown out. But I need my coffee. So I don't get coffee until I'm done my yoga and meditation. 
And what I found is now you're talking about correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So I reward myself the coffee for having accomplished doing the things I need to do. All right. Well, and that's a great piece of self-care as well, is figuring out what are those things that are rewarding and using them for your productivity, like get, doing your yoga meditation and then having the coffee. And and it's it's so that those things that you're less excited about getting done, get done because you have a routine that this comes after that. And that's a great way to add those self-care things that aren't quite as much fun and rewarding. Yeah. And, and that's exactly why I did it. Right. Because otherwise it was like, I have my cup of coffee. Oh, well, you know, while I'm, while I'm drinking my coffee, I started working at my desk and then it was like, I should do yoga. I don't want to, I'm in a role. I don't want to stop. And next thing I know my back's all tight because I hadn't done yoga in a week and a half. Right. You know, and you stop being able to focus as well. Your breath circulate, all the things, you know, and one of the things that I like to think about during the day is making sure I'm getting enough water. I mean, that is just the most simple, easy thing. Cheers, Dave. Cheers. But it's one of those things that your body is so much water that is, if it dips down below a certain level, your brain doesn't work as well. Your moods go all wonky. You know, your ability to think just doesn't work as well. And it's just as easy as having a bottle of water right there. You know, if you don't like water, put some lemon in it, put some, you know, put something in it, but get that water. Yeah. It's fun. And the only, my only caution here, cautionary tale, right. Is because they tell you it was an ounce for every pound of body weight or something like that is what you're supposed to be drinking. And no, that's a lot. Exactly. My point. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not right. I can't do that. You know? So the, the, the rule of thumb that I have, frankly, is never let yourself get thirsty, right? Because once you feel, we learned this in survival training, because you know, people are the, you watch all the movies of people trapped in a desert and are rationing the water, a thimble, thimble full a day. The best place for water, by the way, here's a, for you survivalists out there, the best place for water is in your body. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they, right? For all the reasons you just said, you're sharper, you make better decisions, right? Your, your body, your physiological, you're, you're stronger. Your body does well when it's fully hydrated and doesn't do well when it's partially dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And what they told us in survival training is when you feel thirsty, it's too late. Right. 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 So, so don't let yourself feel, you start to get a little bit parched. Drink more water than you need to because mm -hmm. you're, you're, the dipstick is low. And I'm not calling you a dipstick. A dipstick, yeah, you know, and the way I I have a different strategy. I have a gallon Brita, and every morning I fill it up, and I just make sure that I drain that every day, and then I know I'm getting a gallon, and my stock in Charmin goes up, and I also am able to function, have clear headedness, am able to digest all my food. I mean, the being properly hydrated is so amazingly connected to friggin' everything. Mm -hmm. And if you, again, want to be at your best for persuasion, for leadership, for sales, for whatever you're doing, negotiation, you've got to be sharp. You've got to be clear and you've got to be courageous and be able to say those things that make you uncomfortable in a tactful and respectful way. And if you're not clear headed and your brain's not working right, hmm, it yeah, doesn't work. Tactical. What's that word? Tactful. Have some more water, Dave. Tactful. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Hold on a second. (laughs) Tactful is one of the first things that go away with dehydration. Right. Right. Or lack of nutrition or hangover or coffee jitters. And so what I recommend to people is, you know, you don't have to eat kale three meals a day and spend two hours in the gym. But if you can think about in those times where you are going to be specifically taxed. I know today I've got a tough conversation to have that I'm going to be really uncomfortable with. I'm going to make sure I get up in the morning after a good night's sleep, go do some movement, have a good healthy breakfast, drink enough water, you know, not drink the night before so that I am sharp, you know, and those things are all related. And now let me just throw this little um, bomb into that comment because you're absolutely right. I know. And how many times do you have those difficult conversations that are unplanned where you can't get ready the night before? And that's why this needs to be a habit. If you need to be at your best on demand and it's unexpected, you have to plan for it unexpected every single day. Yep. One other factor in this that we haven't discussed, and you know, I'm just going to talk about the uncomfortable stuff around now. We're all fat. As a rate, as a society, I think about my wife and I talk about this all the time. When we were growing up, and the people that were made fun of for being fat aren't even close to what mm. fat looks like today. They look healthy by today's standard. And somewhere along the line, we decided we're not going to body shame people. And we've created a race uh, or a society of really obese people. Now, my point here is when you're carrying around that extra weight, that takes energy to move. Energy that can be used elsewhere. So forget about the whole health, the strain on your heart, the strain on your body that, that's going to shorten your life. If you want to be at your best, be physically at your best. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I, I, I say, I say yes. And it, and it's hard, but because, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of study on this, on diet culture, on dieting and, and body and all the things just to understand why is it so hard? You know, we, but we are bombarded with messages of snack foods and pop and alcohol and smoking and sitting around playing on the computer rather than getting out and exercising. I mean, we we're bombarded with all these messages. And so when we try to, Um, When we try to make those changes, which we know change is always hard, there's a lot of external factors working on us. And so this is where the routine, the habit and small steps come in. Picking one thing, saying, all right, I drink a lot of Mountain Dew every day. I'm going to replay. I'm going to only have, you know, two small bottles of Mountain Dew instead of the five or six that I usually have. And I'm going to replace the rest with water. But starting with small steps, small changes, you know, that's how you're going to make big change over time to get you to that healthy place. You know, what a fantastic point. You know, we talk, I talk about this in my business coaching all the time, how it's little incremental changes that have massive impact. You and I, I think, have talked about this on the program. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, right now, like, I don't drink carbonated beverage. I don't. I, I used to, and it's not like they taste bad or anything like that. I don't. I now have got to the place where I don't like the way I feel afterwards. But we're going back several years, so I'm like, you know what? I'm when I go to the restaurant because back then I was on the road, and you know, Rubio's and not not fast food, but you know, 
quick, I'll call it quick, convenient, <laughs> convenient food. Let's call it that way, right? Um, yeah, so we're not talking the, the the burger, you know, Burger King, McDonald type places, but maybe a small cut above. And, you know, they had the fountain out there and I just started switching to non-carbonated. And, you know, eventually, now the, the Arnold Palmer is like the, the um, occasional like splurge, but almost, I would say 90% of my meals are accompanied by water, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a gradual change, not an overnight one. Right. And, that's, and this is what we need to think about as we're thinking about changing habits to take on some of these daily healthcare things. Start small because if you know, in when we're in a in a goal-setting place, we think we're capable of these giant Herculean shifts. When the fact is, that's not how life works. You know, it's it, and once we think we're failing, we're just gonna bag the whole ship and order the pizza, you know? So bag the ship. Who bags ships? What do I say? What is I I speak I think for you need more water. anyway. You need you need to drink some more water. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I'm I, kind of funny this way though. Yeah, to, to your point, right? If you think about the way we grow, we you know we come out of the womb and we don't get like okay, one you know day one we're like this uh, seven pound or six and a half pound whatever we are baby, and day two we're like an eighteen year old or who's six foot five, right? It's not how we grow. We grow in little incremental squirts and burts, and you know, it's like oh wait a second, <laughs> I know I need water too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Kids are growing in squirts and burps these days. <laughs> Well, they do, in fact. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, right, but they, they, you grow. It's like you put the little chalk uh, pencil mark on the wall because that's the only way you see it. Right. But but then you look back and you go, oh my god, you were that big, and now you're this big. That was right. a big burp. Right. So your changes are going to come about the same way. Right. And that's the way that you're actually. You know, it's funny because this was just the. This was just the topic of both a podcast episode I did on my podcast and uh, an email blast of the things that are worth doing take time. It takes small bites over time to get there. And if we think about these self-care changes that we want to make, making small shifts, sticking with those small shifts until they become habit and then shifting another little one, eventually you'll make way more changes then if you try to make giant 90 degree left turns and you'll end up back on the road you were on. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think we should probably end with this, but I, uh, I want, cause this is so, what you just said, I, I just had his epiphany on why the, I've known this, but sort of the benefit of doing the small shifts because you're going to slip back folks. And here's what happens. If you try and make a big shift and you slip back, you slip back to where you were or even worse but if you've made a continuous small little shift, and at some point, let's say a month, two months, three months down the road, you slip back, your slip back isn't back to day one. It's to let's say you slip back on day 45, you slip back to maybe day 30, you've still progressed, and then you go another 45 days and slip back, you know, 15 days. It's it's like it's like a roller coaster going up or go, you know, getting better with little mm-hmm. ups and downs, as opposed to this big attempt to climb the hill and then you slide all the way back down and 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 actually sometimes go even beyond where you started. Right. And, and when you try to make those giant shifts and you do slide back, there's also the mental element of, holy crap, I can't do this because you weren't able to, to succeed at that. When you're making those small slips, it's like, okay, cool. I've made progress. 
I'm just going to re-up on this this next small change. Yeah, and sometimes you need to do, like for men, you go, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm taking this week off and I'm going to eat pizza every day. Yeah, done that, mm-hmm. right? And, and just folks, just so you know, and we'll, we'll say goodbye after this. When it comes to dieting or, or let me put it, food lifestyle changing, because I don't really like dieting, which is something mm-hmm. you do and get off, but changing your food lifestyle in 2011, I'm 5'8". I'm you guys have only seen my picture. I'm 5'8". In 2011, I weighed 240 pounds. Today, I weigh 165 pounds. Right? And I've been down this way for, for quite some time since I think, certainly since Ann and I have met. Yeah, as long as I've known you. A year and a half, two years ago, right. It didn't happen overnight. It took years to do. And, and, and I'm able to sustain it because it took years to do. Well, and I think this is this is what I don't like about the 30 day challenges is that then it's like you're not creating a habit. You're waiting for that 30 days to be over. So it's like, okay, cool. How can I make in these self-care, whether it's getting more sleep or reading more or moving more or eating less sugar, whatever, how can I make this a change for my life? Right. 30 day, 30 day challenges are willpower. We're not talking about willpower. We're talking about that's like a competition. Right. I'll win that all day. Uh, you will. <laughs> I know you. All right. Any, any, any last words? 14. 14? That was just the last word that I thought of. I'll see you next week, folks. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> that concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg. And you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. Yeah.